0: Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings.
2: Today, joining me is Ducks Unlimited magazine cooking columnist, uh, host of Dead Meat, and the sporting chef, uh, Scott Laysa. That's Scott! Thanks for joining me. Good to be here. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is something that you know we haven't really gotten too far in the weeds on from an editorial perspective um, on Ducks.org and even in the magazine, but as you and I both know, as everyone probably listening knows, if, if you're out hunting ducks and geese, the odds are you're probably in the spring you're fishing, in the summer you're fishing, and you're probably deer hunting, turkey hunting in the spring, so I just wanted to bring up to you and kind of give you the opportunity to provide some different recipes and some different kind of comp, even some compliments for waterfowl. Um, What's your, what's your go-to as far as game other
1: than waterfowl? You know, deer is the most readily available. Um, And there are so many deer in this country right now. I have a program that I do with the Sportsman channel called Hunt Fish Feed, where we take deer Wild pigs and uh, and salmon in different parts of the country, and we use it to feed military folks and and homeless veterans and homeless folks in general. So deer seems to be um, seems to be the number one animal. And it what kills me with deer? A couple of things. Uh, <laughs> number, one, number one pet peeve, people will take that back strap, the loin which is not the tenderloin, by the way. Tenderloin's a whole different deal. A lot of people call it back stuff. tenderloin, tenderloin's on the inside. And the process is, we'll cut it into little medallions and then it. And I've asked them, why do you do that? And they say, well, so it'll cook even. But the problem with that is, now you're stuck with all these little butterfly, uh, little medallions, so now I can't take that whole loin and cook it like I like to cook it Maybe stuff it with something. The other thing that people do that kills me with the deer is that they grind way too much of their deer. Um, They'll say, Give me the loins and the tenderloins and grind everything else, or turn it into sausage or burger or whatever. Um, I cook my deer in parts. A deer shoulder, to me, is a fair amount of work to break down a deer shoulder just so you can grind it. If you take that beer shoulder, you rub it with olive oil, your favorite seasoning, you brown it, then you braise it or slow cook it any other way. If you put it into a roasting pan after it's been browned, throw a couple of cans of beer in there, some celery, carrot, onion, maybe a little Dijon mustard, cover it up with foil and about eight or nine hours at 300, 325 degrees, you'll be able to grab that shoulder bone and the meat's just going to fall off it's done, the shoulder bone comes out clean. If after eight hours or so it doesn't keep cooking and just make sure you have enough liquid in there and that the foil, the cover is on there tight, that's gonna eventually break that loose from the shoulder. Um, Then you've got all this great meat that you can use for stews, tacos, everything else. You haven't had to do any work. Uh, Those muscles in the hind quarter, if you take your knife and you separate each muscle and, and treat it like you do the loin, Crazy good. I do top round, bottom round all the time. People think that it's backstrap just because I've treated it easily. I haven't overcooked it. Um, I love it on the grill. Um, We've touched on it on another podcast. Just taking a deer, a, a trimmed deer steak, and soaking it overnight in olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper, and throwing it on a hot, smoky grill. That's what deer is supposed to taste like. It's not supposed to taste like some ridiculously horrible forward-tasting marinade that makes it not taste like deer anymore. That's what your deer should taste like. But if you take that same deer and, and you overcook it, it doesn't taste good. So yeah. it's simple. Cook the, cook the parts the way they're supposed to be cooked. Um, you know, I hear this about quail all the time. I've got English setters. I love to shoot quail and pheasant. And people tell me that pheasant and quail is dry and wild turkey is dry. None of those Mm. things are dry if you cook them properly. Yeah. Um, And so the key is not to put it into a crock pot with a can of cream of mushroom soup, because then it's just going to taste like cream of mushroom soup. The key is to not cook it so long. When my quail are done, they're still just a little bit pink at the thigh joint when I take them off the heat. They're going to keep cooking and they're going to be really, really moist.
0: You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.
2: You know, pretty much the same.
1: It's olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper. Um and then I'll I'll see that and I brine my quail for a couple hours too, because it's gonna add some moisture to it. So if you take a half a gallon of water and a half a cup each of kosher salt and brown sugar and leave it in there for a couple hours, it's gonna mellow out that quail. Which is weird if you've you know, if you've broken down a quail, which I I know you have you're packing it around in your game bag on a hot, sweaty October in Northern California, where I am, and that's not going to make it taste better. Yeah. So um, make sure that you drop, stop by the truck every now and then and put those quail on ice. I like to crack the cavity open, reach in there with my fingers and and do a little quick pluck on those on those guts. Throw it on ice, keep it cool. Um, but then that brine really does make a difference whether it's a, a present or any kind of upland game. It's going to add moisture to it. Um, I love the smoked quail; they're great fried. They're yeah. really, really versatile. Um, I love citrus flavors with quail. If you make a marinade with some some olive oil, lemon, lime, garlic, a little cilantro, give it a toss, throw it on the grill. It's delicious.
2: Yeah, that sounds great. I feel like I've got. I've got a, I need a little more quail in my life for sure. Um, let's, let's talk about fish too. Um, I, I know we have uh, several recipes that that you've done on like a, a cedar plank salmon. Um, I was just recently up in Canada doing a casting blast and, and, you know, we stumbled into, I, I say stumbled into, cause I'm not a diehard walleye fisherman, but we caught 24 inch walleye as fast as we could catch them. we ended up with all these walleye and, and they're just unbelievable. Um, What's your go to fish recipe, uh, whether it's regional, I know that can make a big difference. Sure in California, it's uh, salmon all the time, right?
1: well, we've got you know we've got salmon steelhead sturgeon striper. that's kind of what goes through the middle of downtown sacramento on a on a good year on a warmer year. we will have more salmon going through downtown Sacramento than they do in the Kenai. it's it, it's a it's not a bad place to be um in Northern California, as far as opportunities for hunting and fishing. Uh, This this won't surprise you, but my fish recipes are pretty straightforward, very simple also. Um, One of the key things with fish is to keep it dry before you cook it or before you marinate it. So a big mistake that people make with their fish is they'll take their fish fillets and they'll put it into a Ziploc bag or a Tupperware container and stick it in the fridge And it floats around in these fishy juices, which will not help the flavor of the cooked fish. If um, yeah, if you keep it wrapped in two ply paper towels and wick all that funky fish juice out of the fish, then when you go to add it into a skillet and you're going to add some white wine and some lemon juice and garlic and fresh basil and that kind of stuff, the fish will, the dry fish will absorb those flavors more readily but if you've got this wet slimy fish that now you're competing with the fish juices. Um, I, I that's a good, that's
2: a very good tip.
1: Think about how, how much different. And so if you, especially if you've got frozen fish that you've thawed, you'll notice when you froze it, um, it didn't have a bunch of liquid in there, but when you go to thaw it, mm-hmm. it's loaded with fish juices, get rid of those. I, what I, first thing I do is I'll rinse it with really cold water and then wrap it in two-ply paper towels until those paper towels are completely dry. Then I don't care how you cook, whether it's grilling, poaching, whatever, you don't have the fish juice to compete with, and you can use your favorite recipe, and I promise it'll taste better than if you put that wet, slimy fish in a pan.
2: Very good tip. Very good tip. I've been guilty of that for sure, uh, leaving the fish juices in there, and I'll probably be, be wrapping mine up from now on. Hey, Scott, I appreciate you coming on, talking about the different wild game recipes. Uh, I think everyone picked up a little bit of information there, uh, especially with the the fish tip and also the deer. Uh, But, no, I appreciate you coming on, and, and thanks a lot. You got it. I want to give a special thanks to Scott Layseth, our guest, for joining us. Uh, If you want to learn more about Scott, you can visit thesportingchef.com or check out his recipes on ducks.org. I also want to give a special thanks to Clay Baird, the Ducks Limited podcast producer who puts this awesome show together. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for supporting Wetlands Conservation.